So we, we spoke about all the teams in the season in review. What about the upcoming draft and, and up the upcoming offseason? Like, well, what are your predictions for? We're exactly a week away from the draft. One. And this is when it starts to get crazy with fake rumors and, <laughs> you know, uh, guys moving up in a mock draft and guys saying who, what team they're not going to work out for. And um, There's a lot of disinformation at this at this point. But I think, you know, the, the big takeaway is it's, it's a pretty deep draft. Um, certainly... You know, the, the lottery looks pretty solid. It's a very young draft. Uh, I, I feel like the first, you know, seven to ten guys uh, selected all, all be, Yeah, they'll all be freshmen, I think, even. Um, and, you know, the, the Celtics got extremely lucky um, with getting the first overall pick, which I, is totally not fair. I wouldn't call it luck. I would say they were extremely smart and opportunistic. Or, Boston, a, or Brooklyn was extremely dumb. <laughs> uh, some mix of the two. Um, so, you know, obviously, Markel Fultz is the consensus, know, consensus number, one. number one. He's a guy who can get his own shot. He's very smooth. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can get to his spot. Uh, he's got a lot of poise. Um, do, do you think they should keep him and just throw him into the mix? Or is that pick very valuable and that player very valuable uh, to other teams where maybe they go for a veteran? Or do you think you that you just throw him in with your mix because he can fit in and just add a lot of versatility? I think his athleticism and his versatility and what he can do at the position, especially his size, I think he allows you to go many different ways. And I think what Boston has, the way they constructed their roster, they have a lot of pieces that have trade value. So I think what they need to do is they need to draft Markel. That's another asset that they have. And then now they need to analyze, okay, what two or three players can we take and use that and turn it into a star player who yeah. can really get us over the hump. Yeah. Or could we just say we're going to put Markel with the starters, Isaiah will come off the bench, and he'll give us 20, 30 points on you know lesser talent. But I don't think that's going to be the perfect mix because you're going to run into situations down in the game where offense, defense, substitutions, sometimes you're not going to be able to take Isaiah out the game for a sub. Sometimes you might not even want to take Markel out the game if he's playing well, but you still have Isaiah. High. So I think there's a, it's, it's a They'll lot. They'll have too many guards that deserve minutes. Basically. Exactly, but I think it's a good problem to have for Boston. Definitely. Honestly, because they could go in many different directions. Number I mean, one seed getting the number one pick. I mean, that's crazy. That's, that is. I think Gordon Hayward was floating around out there. They yep. said Isaiah Thomas just followed them on social media. As and they might not have to give anything up to exactly get him. Just sign him as a free agent. And that would be amazing for them if they could do that. Add him to the wing. At that scoring, and then if they don't have to give up anything and sign him, now you can go in total like you can go in many different directions as well. And I feel like so. they're a patient organization where they did not make a trade at the trade deadline. They did not trade this pick, um, you know, before the trade deadline. And it, it seems like the prudent thing to do, like you said, is throw him into the mix and then just kind of watch it, see see who fits with him. Does Marcus Marcus Smart fit with him really well? And, and Avery Bradley fit with him really well, okay, then maybe you see what you can get for Isaiah Thomas. Maybe you can get a wing for him. Um, maybe you can get a different big for him. Or um, maybe those guys are super compatible together, Thomas and Fultz. Yeah, you never know. And you could play them at the same time. And now you don't need both Marcus Smart and um, Avery Bradley, right? Either one of them could be the defensive stopper, and you combine him with some other assets to you know go for a bigger guy. Um, so, yeah, they seem like a really patient organization. It, it, it seems like there's 
There's nothing wrong with drafting the best player available at number one and just seeing how he fits in. I mean, I think being at Danny Ainge's there, I just watched that 30 for 30 that they just came out with, the best of enemies, and I think the span of success and failures and success again and then failing again with Danny Ainge being on the team and experiencing that, I think he's using that in his GM role to say, okay, you know what? We don't have to go and swing for the fences every year. Yeah. We can put together a product that's going to be a steady product, that's going to be a foundation, our base, and then we're going to bring in these other pieces that's going to round that out. So I think they're, they're in a great position. And they so, still have Brooklyn's pick next year. So, yeah, um, they, they, time is on their side. They can be patient, and uh, you know I, I would be surprised if they weren't. I think what Boston needs to do, being that they had last year's, this year's, and next year's, is right now, before next year, they need to take a chance. Yeah, you take a chance and say, "Are we gonna find that next big superstar? Can we couple some assets together to get a big superstar?" And why not take that chance, especially in this year when you can say, "You know what? Brooklyn is not getting any better any soon." Yeah, we could potentially have a top four pick again next year. How about we swing for the fences now, and if we still have that pick next year, we can get a a, a good pick in the draft. There's a kid from um Missouri. I can't call his name off the top of my head right now. Who a wing player, about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, who might be able to fill that role for them next year. But I think what you do is you take that chance now while you still have something to fall back on later, and it could only work. Yeah, so Boston's in a great situation, and, and they're a smart organization, so I, I feel like they'll figure it out. Uh, the Lakers are maybe becoming a smart organization. Um, they just brought Magic They in. just brought Magic in. Genie is there to get rid of Jim, who they've been saying was the scapegoat of a lot of the bad decisions. Yeah, and I think, you know, so much of the Lakers stuff was just a classic rebuild. Um, you know, let's just go for young players and draft picks. They had some bad luck. Uh, Julius Randle got hurt on the first day, the first, first game, game of, of his season, rookie yeah. season. Uh, you know, he's a really he was a really nice college player. He has some great versatility. Um, you know, so uh, they had some bad luck with um, D'Angelo Russell and his fit. Um, so I think that was more brought on by himself. Oh, totally. As opposed to but, anything but basketball-wise. It seemed rational to draft him at the time. No, he was a great player. Left-hander. Yeah. A sweet shot. I mean, he does seem like the great player. They were projecting him to be a Steph Curry mode type player with that jump shot that he does have. And it took Curry a few years, so who it knows? It does. You never know. Hopefully his athleticism he can get a little bit more of that because I feel like he's a little bit slow in guarding players sometimes. But he, he looks like he can potentially, if he could slide over and play off the ball a lot more, I feel like he could do some things. So I think for for the Lakers, honestly, I think the obvious pick is Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I think the way you could sell him to the fan base, yeah. just him being a homegrown kid coming from UCLA, I think that's the perfect situation. But I think it's so perfect that maybe the Lakers go in a different direction. Well, Josh Jackson is very special. He has kind of top-flight talent. Um, every game I watched him in college this year, he he's just very obviously an NBA player. Um, his athleticism, his length, um, I feel like he's got you know good mental toughness and, and great versatility. Um, but at the same time, I feel like he... The Lakers have a lot of those kind of guys. And they do. The, Lonzo Ball would kind of be the perfect guy to create some cohesion there and, and be the guy who sees the whole floor and and gets easy baskets for these talented guys that they have out there. So 
yeah, Lonzo does seem like the the kind of perfect pick there. Um, all the all the headlines and drama yeah. stuff aside, and he he allows you to do a lot with your roster. I think with um, D'Angelo Russell, he could then slide over to the two on offense. Yeah, and even sort Lonzo of like Kyrie and, and sort of be exactly your you point, let, scoring point guard. exactly, and you let Russell play his natural position of a scoring guard because watching him in college, he was never really a point guard on Ohio State. Yeah. He was more of a scoring guard, so I think he falls into his you know, his natural role, his natural position. I think, honestly, if they got Josh Jackson, they could put together a poor man's Golden State. Yeah. When you look at Russell, Clarkson, then they will throw Jackson in there with Ingram and then maybe a Julius Randle or even when they bring in Larry Nance Jr. at the yeah, five. a lot of they, length, a lot of exactly, athleticism. Exactly, so they could have a lot of athleticism on a on a poor man's Golden State, which I think if they kept that core together for some time. They could grow into it. They could build some things. They could, but I don't know. It's whether or not Magic wants the second coming of maybe himself. Yeah. And a point guard like Lonzo or Ball. Or Jason Kidd. Exactly. Or does he want to get the player who has his body type, but not necessarily his passing and can score and do a lot of other things on a wing and solidify your team on a wing, which I think is a big position. So I think we're going to see some shakeup in the draft at yeah. the number two spot because there's some uncertainty with Lonzo Ball. But I don't know. I think The Lakers are in a great situation either way. They are. Like they are. Either one of those players works for them. So, um, Philly is a very interesting team. Uh, you know, very well chronicled about trying to build through the draft. The process. The process. You know, frankly, the process is working. It is. Um, not in terms of wins and losses, but that was kind of the point. Um, they're getting top five picks every single year. And that's what the process was and, about. you know, they're stockpiling talent. And um, so, obviously, they'll be able to get a look at either Jackson or Lonzo Ball. And if they want to get, you know, kind of creative, um, they, they could take a flyer on a Jonathan Isaac. Or if they really want to add uh, a point guard, they can go with Fox. I mean, Philly can go a bunch of different ways here. And just like with the Lakers, they're kind of in a great spot no matter who falls to them. They are. I think, um, I don't know, I think if the Lakers pass on Lonzo Ball, I think Philly takes him. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but I think they, they would take him, put him next to Ben Simmons with Embiid. But I don't know. Honestly, I feel like they should take a wing with the uncertainty that they have at the center position. Yeah. I think if they took a wing instead of taking another guard, that would give them a little bit more size, a little bit more depth as far as their team is concerned because I think that was one of their their weaknesses. That's why I kind of linked Malik Monk to them if they were if they fell in like the five. Oh, interesting. If they fell in like the five range, I felt like Malik Monk could go there and be instant offense for that team. Because they need shooting. Exactly. So with, with Ben Simmons and you have a player like – Covington, who hasn't really shown that he can take that next step to really be real good. I think bringing Malik Monk in there with that versatility that they have with Ben Simmons and Embiid, I think that would be a great fit to really get a shooter on that team. Maybe they could trade down in that scenario and do kind of classic trust the process where they get a future pick in order to trade down to the five or the the six spot because uh, teams like Phoenix and Sacramento, who are right behind them, and even Orlando, these guys are desperate for a top-flight talent. And, you know, um, luckily for all of those teams, they're still in the range where they're going to get one of those guys, but they might want a specific player, player, and they might be willing to pay for that. 
I and I, I I'm with that because I think if Philly moves down, maybe with a team like Minnesota, who we have projected taking a point guard at number seven, I think that will work for Philadelphia because they can then go down get a player that will fill the role that they need, but they also get another asset right. via the trade. And then that also allows Minnesota to take the player they want because for Minnesota to get another point guard, I don't think that works with them. And I think but, at that seven spot, you're not necessarily getting a top flight talent. If you get into the top three or four, you know, you're, you're, you're getting just a more of a sure thing. I think with this draft, though, I think this draft about the top six or seven picks are going to be really, really good players, all-star potential type players. So I think this draft is really deep. And when you look in the later rounds, you have some, you know, some young players there who can turn into some things. Like we said before, we was looking at the draft. And out of the top, if we look in here, the first maybe 13, 14 picks, you have nobody who's a junior or a senior in college. Yeah. The highest pick we have that we see going in the lottery is Donovan Mitchell. And he was at number 14. So... Oh, and, and Luke Kennard from Duke. But it's like you have – it's not really too many upperclassmen who perform in the lottery. And I don't think the lottery is for the upperclassmen, to be honest. Yeah. I think what the teams in the lottery want to do is they want to take potential. Then when you get to the later rounds, then you need teams yeah. exactly who need a role player and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, I, with the way that the draft is with one-and-done players, I think that's how it's going to continue to go. Yeah. And so – I think that's what we'll see a lot of in the future in the future drafts. So, who do you think Phoenix takes at number four? I would like Phoenix to go for like a wing um, or a good athlete. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of don't see Jason Tatum on that team. I don't know why, but I just I feel like they would like a Josh Jackson would be much better if he fell there. Um, I think taking a flyer on a Jonathan Isaac would be very interesting for them. They've had success with these kind of athletic, um, you know, long forwards like Amari in the past or Sean Marion. And, you know, Jonathan Isaac kind of has that freakish athleticism um, of a... He does. A, a, almost of a Sean Marion. And, you know, they're they're pretty good at the guard position. They're very solid. Um, Bledsoe and Booker. Yeah, I mean, you know, Booker... Even Brandon Knight coming off the bench. And yeah. They have Tyler Eulis there too, as well. So I feel a like undersized, but he's a good player. You know, a large wing, um, it, it would would be pretty pretty big for them. Um, what, what do you think? I'm 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 on par. Honestly, we haven't really seen a decent wing in Phoenix since Sean Marion. Yeah. And I mean, no disrespect to Jared Dudley and those players who've been over there, but I think that if they add a wing to that group, it's a lot of versatility that we just named Booker. Bledsoe, even Bender, and then you look at Marquise Chris, then they still got Alex Lynn over there. They have a lot of pieces, but the one thing that they're devoid of is a wing player. Yeah. So I think I wouldn't link them to a point guard. I mean, maybe if Lonzo Ball fell to them, that's somebody you can't pass up on. You think, okay, right. maybe we could get him right. and try to trade somebody else, or maybe we could get him and maybe even trade him as a draft day trade right. to get another piece. So you never know what you could do there, but like you said, Jonathan Isaac, I think that's an amazing fit. You bring him in. It has a real 6'10", and he could risk play. reward there. Exactly, because he could play both forward positions. And that says a lot about who he is as a player with his versatility that he has just a little bit enough strength to guard players on the post, but then he also has enough versatility and agility to guard players on the wing. And I think his length helps him with that. So I think that's a good pick for Phoenix. Um, for Sacramento, I mean, obviously they're a team 
that needs structure. They have been missing structure in you know all aspects of the team, whether it's management, whether it's on the floor, um, and you know they 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 finally have a, a a good coach, but now that they've traded Cousins, you know they sort of hit the reset button. Completely and hit the reset button. Which I think was necessary for them. Though, yeah, opinion. it wasn't working. I mean, it just wasn't working, and they were in that sort of middle of the road position where they're not going to get a great pick and they're not going to be a, a winning team. Um, and you know it's pretty rational to blow it up at that point and and get more talent uh, you know in, in future picks so I think De'Aaron Fox would be the perfect pick for Sacramento because he gives them a legit guy who can run the team who can see the floor well and he's got great poise you know he's he's um, he cares um, he does. you know and Sacramento is a, is a city that with really devoted fans I mean, they are. They, have a, they haven't had a lot of good basketball base. in a while. They started the cowbells out there. Yeah, um, you know that's one of the loudest arenas when you know that team is it's is, good, is yeah. playing well. So they'd be really really fortunate if they could get De'Aaron Fox um, because I think that would give them that sort of exact fresh start and structure that they need. I think it does. I mean, I think he would be an amazing player to put next to players like Ben Mclemore, who's underachieved, but I think a player who can really get him the ball and space the floor for him and see the floor, I think that really does give him his his career a jump start. So I think with De'Aaron Fox, I think that Sacramento, they should make that pick, honestly, because that's something that they've been needing. When you look at DeMarcus Cousins, when he was there, he never really played with a, a great point guard. No knock on Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, all the players who were over there, but I don't think that they have the potential that De'Aaron Fox possesses. That and floor general exactly. to he, run the team. He can be the next John Wall with a, a little better jump shot at this time. At the uh, he shoots great. Exactly, and he's a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is. So I think just that deception from just a pure which way he's going to go because NBA players are used to players always going right. We know this. So it's just like he's going to present a problem, and I think that's the perfect situation for him. And, you know, scouts love him. I mean, he, he was not this high up on a lot of boards, you know, two or three months ago. But after watching him in the tournament, after watching the workouts and interviews, it, it's pretty obvious that this guy is top flight talent yes. at the guard position. Um, next pick is Orlando at six. And, man, they need a lot of help. They need a talent. And they basically just need to go best player available because I think everything and anything is just up for reevaluation there. Before I make my prediction on their pick, my question would be, where exactly are they going? What is their direction? Because nowhere, I, I and and everywhere, it's obvious. <laughs> because I mean, they have. It's like they were at one point. It was like they were trying to be the Denver Nuggets of the East, where they were just trying to amass all these talent stockpile, at, stockpile. at different positions, so we can see. Okay, we're gonna audition everybody, so to speak, and see who finally leads the pack. But it's just like the players that they took flyers on just weren't good enough for their situation. Like and then the they Andrew spent Nicholson a lot of money on, on veterans. Exactly, that like didn't make sense. Ibaka, and then he's gone. And who's the guy from Toronto that they signed, the big man? Didn't they sign Biombo? Yeah, Biz, Bismarck Biombo. I mean, didn't they already have Aaron Gordon? They do, they do, didn't actually. Didn't they already have uh, Vucevic? They do. Those guys were already on the roster, already, already young roster. players, up and coming. So I, that, that didn't make sense, and I'm pretty sure the GM got fired. Um, he did. And, uh, you know, the uh, the point guard there, Peyton, um, I don't think he is what we thought he would be. I think 
I think there was this expectation that he would be uh, like the kind of talent that Fox is, and he's not panning out in that way. He can't shoot. I don't know if it's his hair or what the hell <laughs> getting in the way because there's a whole like Reddit subthread about like if your hair is too big, then it gets in the way and you have like, bad shooting for him. I mean, maybe uh, you it's know, possible. It's, it's worth it's worth a look. Um, but yeah, that that team is in shambles, and they just need to take the best player available. I mean, that's the classic draft cliche. But God, do they just need a talented I mean, player to save them? They do, but at the same time, it's like, what direction are they going? So they could take a player, and what if this player is just a repeat of another player they already have on their roster? Like that seems to be the direction. I think they need they they don't need the best player available. They need a focused pick to say, okay, this is the direction that we're going in. This is the play that we're going to use as a springboard. I don't think there. they're going to do that. I think they're going to take Jason Tatum, and I think he's going to compete for minutes with Aaron Gordon, and I think it's just going to keep being a big mess. But I, I'm happy to be surprised. Um, Minnesota's up next. Minnesota loves to draft point guards. Uh, they love having five point guards. Johnny Flynn. They love passing up on point guards to draft point guards like – Passing up on Curry to draft Flynn, right? Isn't that what happened? Yes, that um, is I remember watching that. Um, so, uh, you know, NBA Draft.net has Dennis Smith Jr. as uh, as the seventh pick going to them. Uh, Which I don't like. Yeah, I don't know that that makes sense. Um, they have Rubio. He had a really good second half of the season for them. They're perpetually shopping him, um, even though he seems to be a good fit there. They have Chris Dunn, who I don't think he's panned out immediately um, that doesn't necessarily mean he won't pan out I don't know I think Thibs is just tough on rookies yeah and um, point guards at that because he doesn't he trust demands, them he, doesn't he demands them. a lot of them and so I think he's a he's an old school coach in the sense that he's going to make you earn your minutes as a rookie what have you done in this league besides getting drafted to say you can play in this league so I think for Thibs it was like it was a lot of show and prove and I think that's what the roadblocks were for Chris Dunn but I, I don't think you draft another point guard I think with them they need to do one or two things. They need to move up yeah. and take someone like a Jonathan Isaac or a Josh Jackson because I think that wing position, the three position, is a position that they've been lacking. I think they thought Muhammad Shabazz was going to be that, which honestly, in my opinion, I thought he would be that watching him out of UCLA, highly touted. He's a decent player, but I think he he's is. just kind of an overachiever at exactly. that spot. He's, he's, another, he's, he's like another talent. Lance Stevenson, like another yeah. player who before college they had a high, they were highly touted. Went to college, had a decent time there, but just couldn't get right in the NBA. So, I don't know. For Minnesota, they either need to move up and take a wing, or they need to move down and take, again, a wing. Somebody like maybe Justin Jackson Mm. or something like that, and maybe Mm. get another asset. Because I don't think, for Minnesota, I don't think taking a point guard would be well served for them, honestly. I think they're just going to be in the same situation as before. The seventh spot is not a wonderful place in this draft, and I think... There is a little change in tone from the 7th, 8th pick on. Um, the Knicks are at 8, and you know uh, there's been a lot of talk about, I'm going to butcher this kid's name, uh, Frank Nitilikina or Nilikina. I think it's Frank Tilikina. Tilikina. I think the N may be silent. Frank from France. There we go. Frank from France. He's an interesting player because he has good length. Um, you know, he's got really good size as a point guard. He seems to have pretty decent defensive instincts, and he seems to have a good frame for defense. 
He shot the ball from three really well. Um, you know, he he is not an outstanding ball handler or an outstandingly explosive player that you kind of want in the point guard position. You know, he's not like a De'Aaron Fox where he has that quickness. Yes. Um, but he is 18 years old, and he has a sort of herky-jerky style. He does, he does. That, you know, you could see him pulling off some, like, filthy crossover on somebody because he just kind of did a weird thing that you didn't expect him to do. Like, I, why did he move that way? Why did he way, move that right? way? But he did, and it was nice, and it worked. You know, you can kind of see him eventually getting that kind of weird, loose game that somehow just gets people off guard. Um, you know, the the Knicks, uh, or Phil Jackson specifically, he, you know, the he likes the point guards that can shoot but can defend. Um, I mean, maybe this point is belabored and it's just Ron Harper a thousand times. Um, but <laughs> Ron Harper was like that perfect kind of triangle guard because he was six six and he, he could was. defend and he could, um, you know, he could shoot and um, he was a good passer. It, it does seem like um, Frank is a good passer, but he does not wow me. He um, doesn't. I watched him play against Team USA. And like a Dennis Smith Jr. seems to be a much more under control player. He seems to have a much stronger handle. He can get to his spot. You know, he just seems much more confident and, and you know clear with where he's going. But he doesn't have the size that Frank has. Um, you know, uh, Frank not only is younger, but he doesn't have really any in, uh, injury history. Smith's had the ACL surgery. That's a knock on him. Frank seems to have, like, a good attitude and is coachable. Smith, that's more questionable. Um, and then the other guy that's kind of floated around here is Malik Monk, who I actually really like. He could shoot. Um, he's got great quickness. He does. He does seem to be that kind of, you know, B-plus, A-minus talent level. Um, and, you know, the, a team like the Knicks, are they're not good. So I, I think you kind of have to go best player available, and you can't focus too much on fit. And so Frank kind of is the fit pick in a way. Uh, and something tells me they just need to go with the best player available. I don't know. I, I, I would like the Knicks to take Malik Monk, but I think if they do, that needs to be coupled with another deal for maybe Carmelo Anthony being shipped away. Because honestly, I don't think you can have two players on your roster who play a lot of offense and defense is not their focus. I don't think you're going to be able to win that way. But I think, honestly, the Knicks need to solidify the point guard position. I think... For years, what's plagued the Knicks is not having that point guard play. Even when they were competing at the top of the league, 2014, when they went to the playoffs, and they had a decent team, they had the likes of Jason Kidd. You know, they had a point guard who actually could control their team, and I think that's the one thing that the Knicks have been missing since forever. Like, we took flyers on a lot of players, Marbury's of the world, Raymond Felton's of the world, Jeremy Lenz, who could have lasted, but for other reasons, didn't. And I just think that that's what the Knicks need to do. They need to solidify the point guard position. That's where you build around Przingis and you say, okay, we're going to get you a running mate. Then everything else can be filled in from other places. Do you but, think that's Smith or do you think that's Frank? Because those, they're kind of opposite I players. I think it's either or. They're opposite players, but I think both give you stability at the point guard position, whichever route you seem to go. If it's Phil Jackson and what I think he's going to do, 
I think he goes with Frank yeah. from France because he wants that tall point guard. That's the track record that we've seen with him. It's coachable. Exactly. Smush Parkers of the world. That's exactly what he wants. He wants that. But I think if you go and you say we need a dynamic point guard who, and Dennis Smith has sneaky athleticism. Yeah, he does. I think you go Dennis Smith, but I don't think you can miss with either one, honestly. I think Dennis Smith would be a, a more of a known commodity because we've seen him. And Frank, I've watched him play against Team USA in the, um, I think it's the under-19 team. He played with the world team, if I'm not mistaken. And he competed against De'Aaron Fox, which was decent. But I don't, yeah, I don't think the Knicks should take him. I think I'll take Dennis Smith. He has that Chris Paul type. Yeah. He can see the floor. I think you need a player who can get the ball to other people. And, and he have can shoot, too. He can. He really can. Um, so why not take, I, honestly, I think Dennis Smith, I linked him to the Knicks when I thought they were going to get like the sixth or seventh pick. So I think if he's available... I, I would take him because I think he's going to be a better player than Frank, honestly. And then you let Derrick Rose go regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are, honestly, Derrick Rose is a great player, but at the price tag, at the diminished ability, I think you let him walk. I mean, he's been linked to San Antonio. That would make sense. A few other teams. I mean, yeah, it would make sense for him to go to San Antonio if we could keep him healthy. I, I know we kept Antonio McDice healthy after those knee injuries, and that's the only other – you know, example I can have of a player coming to the Spurs having a knee injury, a major surgery after a few seasons, and him actually contributing because yeah. having McDice when he was in there next to Duncan for some time, I was actually like, whoa, he played a different game than what we were expected. Yeah, he had some but good he versatility. Actually, yeah, he shoot. did. He actually, you know, he played a decent game. So I think Derrick Rose going in with the coaching staff, maybe it's something in the weather there in San Antonio that keeps him healthy. So <laughs> let's see. Then we um, got Dallas. Dallas up next. Um, they're in a weird spot. They are. Because they really need to think about the future, but they're kind of pretending that they're not because Dirk is still on the team. Um, apparently, uh, they really liked Frank, and I think they had him for workouts. No, nobody had him for a workout. But I think no, he they, wasn't available yet because yeah. his team is playing in the championship. But I think they were talking him up. Um, you know, obviously, uh, that that's the right kind of culture for an international player. They seem to be sane and have a great coaching staff so he seemed like he would fit in pretty well there um i yeah i guess malik monk could fit in there um i mean they just you know they just really need to start adding talent um so i read an article today that um dallas is one of the front runners to sign drew holiday and his brother justin who played with the knicks that's interesting if they get them then i think that they don't need a point guard so even though they're linked to Frank, I think that would be decent. But I think what they should do is take Lori Markin from Arizona. Yeah. And let him work under Dirk and say, you know right. what? Here's Everything a year with that Dirk. I learned, yeah. here you go. Yeah. Because I watched him in college play with Arizona, and everything he does, it looks like Dirk with a little bit more athleticism. That's an interesting and way so, to go. Yeah, I think if you say, okay, we want to ride this Dirk wave, what other way to do it than with a player who can play like Dirk and then you can just hand the rings over and say, you know what, we'll play around you the same way that we played around Dirk. And I think he, he can be capable of it. His jump shot can come along. He actually plays more defense than Dirk did when he came in the league because the knock on Dirk was that he was soft. And so I don't think you're going to get that with Markkinen. So if I'm Dallas, I think I would take Markkinen because you can couple him with Noel. Mm-hmm. And then... That seems pretty compatible. And then you got Harrison Barnes there. Yeah. And if they're able to get a Drew Holiday, 
that's that's a, a decent roster, a decent and, young and roster. Justin Holiday. And just well, let's not let's you know, <laughs> not <laughs> Justin Holiday. He he had a pretty good year with the he Knicks. He can shoot. Year. He can shoot. The he ball. can. So I mean, I I liked the way he competed. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. But I, when he was on the floor with the Knicks, I knew there would be some stability in that. At least he was he, trying. Exactly. He he gave maximum effort, so that would be pretty good. And to round out, um, Sacramento has another pick. Um, they need as much talent as possible. I mean, uh, Justin Jackson is lower down on a lot of um, you know people's draft boards, but he's an interesting player because he could kind of be that that two way player. You know, he can shoot the three. He's long. Um, you know, he's got the good pedigree going to North Carolina. You could even see uh, Charlotte, obviously, uh, <laughs> reaching and, and picking him. Um, yeah, Zach Collins is decent. Um, I, I, I question his ability to translate completely to the NBA. Because he seems well. like one of those guys that, in college, there isn't the top-flight defenders that he's going against. And, you know, uh, there's just so much talent in the league that night to night it's, it's kind of hard for some of these um, some of these bigs that don't uh, can't impose their will physically it, it's it's hard to be a big and, and, and get kind of pushed around I mean I, I watched him I like his motor I think he does compete I've seen the way he grabbed rebounds he's he's a pretty decent player I mean I wouldn't knock him if they're gonna try to rebuild at the center position and then let Kali Stein kind of fall to the four. And play that role. I, I mean, he's think, a different kind of player, and he could be compatible, and they could do he a can sort of twin shoot. tower thing. I suppose he, he can he can kind of stretch the floor, which yeah. is pretty good for them because then you don't have him clogging the paint with That's Kyle what I mean. Stein, who's they can like kind of play at the same time. One side, exactly. Who's like one side? Well, not one side, but one dimension. Yeah. On offense, so I think I think Zach Collins, but like we said before with Sacramento, they're really a best player available at this point with what they're trying to build with Buddy Hield and all the other players that they have over there. So I think. I, I don't know. Maybe they go Zach Collins. Maybe they could trade down and go a different player. But I think that's a pretty good pick of Zach Collins. Let's skip around. Um, there's a bunch of players late in the first round um, and even second round picks. Guys that played well in the tournament. Guys like a Jordan Bell. Uh, guys like a Sidarius Thornwell. Uh, Caleb Swanigan. These guys all kind of showed some real NBA polish. Um, in big games when their teams needed them, they stepped up and you know kind of looked like real NBA players with real NBA size. Um, so uh, those guys will all catch on somewhere. Is, was there anybody else that you kind of looked at as those um, those second round picks or, or somebody that kind of the player that I was always watching and I mentioned this before was Josh Hart. Yeah, <laughs> they have him at forty one going. To Charlotte, but I think that seems like he was touted as much higher than that. Yeah, just, earlier in the year. Yeah, I just think that his age is a knock against him. The fact that he's a a four year player, but I think the fact that he can just walk into a situation and produce right away, I think that's a lot. That says a lot about a player of that nature. So I I don't know. I don't know if he should go second round. I like him a lot. That's just me. That's just one of the players that I really really focused in on this season. Um, Caleb Swanigan, as you said. He's interesting. He's a decent player. I, I like his size. Um, another player. He's not type, the greatest athlete. The one player that I think that is a high second-round pick that shouldn't be is Tyler Lydon from Syracuse. Mm. I've watched him play. I don't know exactly how his game is going to translate. I feel like he's just going to be 
a spot up. He's gonna be like a poor man's Ryan Anderson mm. in his career because he ha- he didn't really show a mode and compete. Maybe he can prove me wrong, but watching him in Syracuse during that run out, he wasn't as big as I thought he would be coming to the season. Because last season, last year he had a great year, and so I thought this year coming back he would do really well. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't really see too much from him. And another player that's way down, they have him going at fifty to Philadelphia is Dylan Brooks from Oregon, a junior. I think maybe the knock on him is his age. Yeah. But his athleticism is another guy looks like he just looks like an NBA player. Exactly. And it's like not as much as just your talent, but what do you do in your opportunities? And he did nothing but produce when I watched him play. It's just he passes the eye test for me. Yeah. So I think he should be maybe a little bit higher. But like a Thornwell. Exactly. One of those guys he's he's strong and a good athlete. Um, you know, and a lot of skill. He's just very clearly a talented player. And he can shoot. Yeah. He can he can really shoot. So yeah. I think a player like that is a player that that's to be had. Um and then we look at like a player like Frank Mason. Kind of your classic college point guard that you know, he's small, so how's it going to translate? But, hey, um, a lot of those guys do pan out. Ask Isaiah Thomas, right? They do. They do. I mean, he's somewhat undersized, but I think just the fact that he brings stability to the game, I think that works in his favor, honestly, in my opinion. 